You're listening to the Touch of Flavor podcast, episode 69. 69? Why didn't we do something sexy for this episode? Well, I don't know. That feels like a huge failing on our part. Yes, it really, it really does. I I feel like this should have been an oral sex episode. What were we thinking? I have no idea. You're talking about putting your fuck parts in my head where my brain lives. You know, in nature, only a handful of creatures mate for life. But isn't that, like, cheating? We can't do this 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Why not? The safety word is banana. It is so refreshing to be with someone who likes to fuck outside the box. This is the Touch of Flavor podcast. Dating and relationship advice by kinksters for kinksters. Join us as we tackle BDSM, sex, non-monogamy, and how to build extraordinary relationships in an ordinary world. And now your hosts, Cassie and Rigel. All right, guys. So today we're going to be talking about how you can break the cycle of arguments in your relationships. Uh, You may be hearing some nature sounds in this episode. We actually took our our recorder and recorded this while we were uh, out on a hike with our polycule for the day and did a little rock climbing and stuff and took a break to have some great education about how to break arguments. And yeah, so hope you guys enjoy. If you want the show notes for this episode, it is atouchofflavor.com forward slash 069. We're going to get into the five secrets to stop arguing in your polyamorous relationships now, starting today. And this is an important topic because we talk to a lot of couples, a lot of trooples, a lot of groups about their relationships. And one of the things we hear very often is we can't stop arguing, right? Like, I love my partner. I care about my partner. But every day we get into circular arguments. We have fights every day. And we really can't enjoy the time that we have together, right? And at the end of the day, that's what we want. We want to be able to spend time with our partners and enjoy the time. So we're going to give you guys a couple of steps to do that. Yeah, so a lot of times we see this coming from like a couple of things. When people talk about, you know, they're arguing all the time, usually they mean one of a couple things. Either they mean that it's the same argument that comes up over and over again, right? And you get this a lot of times where people have issues that are going on and they're just unresolved. And sometimes these are things that have been unresolved for years. And, you know, it's the same argument. It keeps coming up over and over again. And sometimes that's what people are talking about. A lot of times, though, when people say that they're arguing all the time, they're not even talking about one thing, right? Because, like, we all can have one thing that, no matter how good we are communicating, is a hot-button topic for us. It's been going on a long time. It's unresolved. We can't resolve it on our own. And it just, it, it gets heated, right? But a lot of times when people are saying that they have a problem with, arguing regularly, what they actually mean is it's not any one specific thing. It's everything, right? And this comes from a, a couple different things. And this is, you know, we, we, Cassie talks about how, you know, she talks to people all the time about their problems. And I'm thinking about your dishes line, you know, yeah. where you get, you get a couple on or a throuple or whoever, who's like, you know, I, I came downstairs the other day and we got into this huge argument about the dishes. But if that's the case, it's not about the dishes, right? Like there's other things going on and it's probably, you know, there's other stuff going on in the relationship that has been causing problems um, to where, you know, there's resentment built up and there's anger and there's regular problems. And 
every little thing is now blowing up into an argument. Because at the end of the day, guys, if it was the dishes, somebody would have just put it in the dishwasher. Somebody would have just picked it up and put it in the sink. So today we're going to be talking about how to deal with those things, right? So sort of what happens a lot of times is you'll be at work and you will be sitting at your cubicle typing on your computer and you'll be thinking about yesterday, right? Yesterday when you had that argument and maybe it was about the dishes, maybe it was about something that was much bigger, maybe it was about something else. And you kind of brew, right? You sit there and you think, oh gosh, when I get home today, it's going to be another argument. It's going to be another fight. It's going to be another back and forth bickering evening. And you kind of play that out in your mind over and over again. And then you get home and you get yourself ready. And maybe today's Friday. We're now on Saturday, but maybe this was yesterday. Maybe this was your Friday, right? You went out. You're supposed to be going to dinner with your partner at your favorite restaurant and you spend your 40 bucks, you uh, get all dressed up and you guys sit down and instead of enjoying your time together, you end up bickering back and forth, getting into the same argument that you do all the time over different things. And at the end of the night, you don't actually get to spend time with your partner. So this time that you put aside and you finally got to do it, you got, you got your schedules aligned and all of that, and it's, and it's blown. And now, great, now it's Saturday. And it's another repetitive thing that's going to happen. Saturday is going to be another day. So anyway, this plays out over and over again. And this happens with a lot of you guys, where you can't get out of that cycle of arguments and fights and all those little tiny bickering, snickering things that you do with your partner. Or partners. Or partners. Because we do yeah. see this in groups. <laughs> yep. And the thing that I want you guys to understand is that this is not okay, right? We get a lot from television shows and TV. You know, you may have watched like Roseanne and you see her and her husband bickering on... Why are you making a face? I have no idea what the show is. Mm. Anyway. You guys can't see Amanda making a face <laughs> on the other end of the camera as well. I wish you could. Josh is uncultured in television. But anyway, Is maybe- it Roseanne or Roxanne? Roseanne. Just, I'm taking it from Amanda shh, shaking her head in the background. Shush, yeah. shush. Um, anyway, so whatever the TV show, but insert family sitcom here, and you see the spouses bickering over the kitchen table, making snarky remarks, and that's, that's what we say is okay, right? It's, it's okay to, to, to bash your partner and, and, and make snarky conversation and to have these these sitcom arguments. And the truth is, is that our relationships aren't a sitcom. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, I think it's funny. It's I think you hear it even in like the little kind of jokes that people make about, well, you know, people are married. This is kind of I'm, I'm not saying it exactly right, but it's that gist of like, well, this is kind of what you expect when you've been in a relationship for a while. Yeah, it's that expectation that it's OK. And the truth is, guys, it's not. You don't want your life to constantly be this battle with your partner, this built up resentment and angst between the two of you or the three of you or the four of you, however many of you there is. I want you guys to understand that the truth is when we have a partnership, it is easy for us to get into a pattern of doing this and thinking that it is the norm, right? 
But is that really what you want your relationship to be? Do you want your relationship to be something where the person that you're trying to spend time with is spent sort of in that negative headspace, that negative place of arguments and bickering and anger? So it is true that when we're with somebody, it's easy for us to, let me back up a little bit. So the other flip side of like, it's normal, it's okay, is, well, you've been arguing with your partner, you've been bickering with your partner, you guys can't get along, you should just break up. Like, yeah, you guys are completely compatible, things are great, you've had issues in your relationship, so you should just break up. Like, you shouldn't try to work through this stuff. Like, if, you, if you're having issues, just give up your relationship. Which is kind of like that poly myth of, you know, it should be easy, and if not, it's just because you shouldn't be doing it, or you shouldn't be doing that relationship, or that kind of thing. And I find it interesting because you don't see this in the vanilla world as much, right? Like, it's like, tough it out, work for your relationships. But especially in the poly space, you'll hear people who are like, well, if you guys can't get along, just break up. And I'm not saying you should stay in a relationship that's toxic or harmful or bad. But if you really care about somebody and there's a lot of really good things in your relationship, why would you just toss it because you haven't found a solution yet? It's one of those things where there is a healthy middle ground, right? <laughs> like, you don't want to be like, okay, we're married, so we're together forever and we're staying in a situation that's not healthy. But also, you don't just want to walk away because you haven't tried to sort something out. So... I kind of went backwards and forwards. So where was I? The truth. The truth, yeah. So it's true that when we're in a relationship, it is easy for our partners to trigger us. And I want to bring that to the surface before we dive into these other five things. Because when we love somebody, when we care about someone's opinion, and ultimately when we're with our partners and we love someone, we do, right? Like they usually are the opinions that matter the most to us. And because of that, it's easy for us to kind of get into, get into a hurt space easier than if somebody else said something. Like, if my boss told me, oh, you know, you get on my nerves, you're like, oh, whatever, dude, like, I'll get my paycheck on Friday. But your partner says that, and that hurts more. So it is true that our partners trigger us more. And it is true that that is something that happens. And it's also true that a lot of times in our relationships, and I want you guys to think about this, that what's going on now has very little to do with what's going on at this moment. It has more to do with the past and the history of things than it does the current moment. You yeah, no, I think, I mean, I don't have a lot to add there. I think it's that whole like adage of, you know, there's a fine line between love and hate. Which really comes down to, you know, we're emotionally invested, we're emotionally invested, and it's, you know, it's far easier to swing either direction than it is with somebody that we're more apathetic with. And, you know, you add to that, that there is a lot of history, right? The longer you're with somebody, there is a lot of history, and particularly if there's things that have been going on that are unresolved, there's usually a lot of issues going on under the surface that if you're out and you're at a coffee shop and you're having a conversation with somebody in the conversation, you guys get into it over something, well, that the conversation that you're having is what's going on. But, you know, like you were just saying, when you're with somebody and you have years of history, and particularly if there's stuff that has been going on where there's unresolved issues or resentment or hurt or things along those lines, most often what you're talking about isn't actually what you're talking about. You're talking about the other things around the thing. And that's why you can get so much more easily escalated over a conversation that, you know, having the same conversation with somebody else, you, you wouldn't. Like the dishes. Like yeah. you, had, you had a partner spending the night over 
who you don't see very much and you were having a conversation about who was doing the dishes, it would probably be a very different conversation than with a partner who you've been with for years and the dishes have been an ongoing issue or there's other issues going on. Or or really, as we said before, the dishes have nothing to do with it. And you start the argument about dishes, but somehow you end up way down the line. And now you guys are talking about how one of you lied to the other 15 years ago, right? It has nothing to do with the dishes. How many of us have ended up in conversations like that? We started with the dishes and now we're talking about 15 years ago when somebody told a lie about shoes, right? And then you wonder like, how did I get here? <laughs> yeah, a lot of times it has nothing to do with the present and a lot to do with the history. And so the thing is guys, right? Like this is something that we all run into and you know, it can be easy to go with the societal thing of, well, that's just kind of what to expect. And the answer is you shouldn't settle for that, right? Like this is something that, yeah, you should accept is going to happen. Like we'll never tell anybody, you know, even, even clients that we're working with, we're never like, oh, you're just going to stop arguing one day and it's going to be great. And yeah, that'll never happen again. It's a factor of, it's something you want to work on. It's something you want to learn to try and get through disagreements in a healthy and productive way. You want to try and take that past history out of it. And you want to be able to move forward with the conversations in, I mean, as productive a way as possible is really the end of it. Even when you guys do come up with disagreements, which are going to happen as you go. My question for you guys, we talked a little bit earlier about the Thursday, right? The being at work, sitting there in front of your computer screen or whatever you do, stewing over a bad argument, bad fights, thinking about your relationship as, as being bad, thinking about all the things that went wrong and stewing. How many of you guys have ever done that? I want you guys to acknowledge that you've done this, that you've been at work, you had an argument the day before, you're sitting at your desk, and you're stewing, and you're just waiting to get home and for that to just launch into something else. I'm raising my virtual hand. And I'm raising my hand too. We have all done it, okay? And that's just honesty. So the issue with this, and this is where we get into step one, is... So we're going to talk about breaking the cycle. Yes, but... Stop expecting today to be like yesterday. Yes. The first step is you'll want to stop doing that. Because if you get into this mindset that today is yesterday, you're going to have a self-fulfilling prophecy, guys, right? If I come home and I've already sat and stewed and I've already made up this story in my mind that everything is going to be crap when I get home, you know what it's going to be? Crap. It's going to be crap. We're going to make it exactly, <laughs> and we can do our little cat paws. It's going to be crap. It's all shit. It's all shit because we're already in that space. So what I want you to really, really think about is if you want your relationship of tomorrow, that dream relationship, that thing that you have off in the distance that you're like, this is what I really ideally want for my relationship or relationships. Don't sit there and stew on what you don't want your relationship to look like, right? Because you're going to make that happen. Guys, somewhat of this is a life skill, right? Like we do, I think catastrophizing is the technical word for it. But, <laughs> you know, this is something that we do a lot where we sit there and we have a situation that's coming up that stresses us out. Maybe it's a conversation with the boss at work or, you know, we've got an interview for a job or um, we're going to come out to our families about being poly or whatever the case may be. I was going to give the example, our kiddo actually had this happen where he was getting ready to do something for lacrosse and got all hyped yes. up about it. So, so things like that. We have things like that where, you know, we have them coming up and we really 
don't know how they're going to go, right? We never know how these things are going to go. We like to think that we do, but we don't. And so we build this story up in our heads and we wind up thinking about how awful it's going to be, how awful we're going to go for things that we, we don't know. And, you know, there's two problems with this. One is half the time, this, none of this stuff that we're worried about happens. And then we just caused ourselves and the people around us a bunch of stress for absolutely nothing. And sometimes days of stress, right? Like we've all been there, I think. But the second problem is, as Cassie says, it does become a self-fulfilling prophecy because when we go into a situation with the belief that that's already going to happen, we're going to act in ways that are going to make that happen. Taking relationships and arguments is the easy example. If we go into a conversation hostile and expecting the worst from our partner and expecting the conversation to go to shit, we are going to respond and react and communicate in ways that are going to make that happen. And also what we end up doing is we almost demonize our partners. We start to talk to ourselves about our partners being all the bad things that we're thinking about, right? So, oh, my partner was snappy with me. They're a snappy person. Oh, my partner is not somebody that I can make agreements with because they're stubborn. They're always stubborn. And so we start kind of making this uh, the villain in our conversations. And then we're going into these conversations ready to battle the villain, right? We're going to go battle the villain in our relationship rather than coming to our partner in an idea of having some teamwork. So what do you want to do? You want to focus on the good things, right? You want to pay attention to the good things in your relationship and think about those just as much as you're thinking about the bad things. One of the things that's easier to, I mean, that that can help with this is focusing on all the times that conversations have gone right. So you can, you can do a couple things. You can look backwards and you can think about the time that all the conversations have gone right. But you can also, if you're going to spend time thinking about this thing that's coming up, the ideal, right, the ideal place that we like to all get is to not think and speculate on things. But if you're going to think and speculate on things and you're going to make a story up for yourself because that's what you're doing when you tell yourself it's going to go to shit, make up a story that serves you better. Tell yourself that this really isn't a big thing because it, in most of these circumstances, it's not. Um, or even if it is a big thing, you know, tell yourself that you're going to go into it and it's going to have a productive outcome. You know, even if maybe it's a little bit of a compromise and it's going to get resolved in a way that's healthy for everybody, right? Like give yourself a story. If you're going to tell yourself a story anyways, give yourself the story that's going to serve you because, you know, chances are it's just as accurate as the one that everything's going to go to shit, but it might actually help things go better instead of helping them go to shit. So it's part one, part two of part one, which is. I think yours is more on the self-care. taking self-care yeah. end, and mine is the self-care of your relationship, the we care, if you will. Yes. Yeah. There we go. And we both might chip into both a little bit here. So, you know, a, a huge, huge part of having productive conversations is knowing when to step away and knowing when you need to take care of yourself, right? Because when you're in a space where you're angry or you're hyped up or you're feeling hurt, those conversations aren't going to go productively. It's really important to know when to take a step away and take care of yourself, right? And different forms of self-care work for different people. But generally, the harder a situation that you're in, the more important it is that you take care of yourself so that you're coming to the next conversation with a clear head and in a space of actually wanting to resolve stuff instead of being ready to fight and argue, right? And thinking that stuff's going to go to shit. Different things work for different people. For some people, it's exercise. For some people, it's meditation. For some people, it's 
going for a drive. You know, when we when we work with people, we actually have a whole module and we, we spend like a whole week on like anxiety and self-care and how to figure out what works for you. But and it's coming Im- out with a whole self-care plan. Yeah, but it's it's important to know what works for you and to have some go-to things. And when you find yourself in a situation that is heated and you guys are like, okay, we're going to take a step back from this, that you can go and actually take care of yourself so that you come to the next thing in a space where you're willing to work on things. But that also plays into what you wanted to talk about here. So this is the we care of this portion, right? So you've gotten yourself taken care of. You've done what you need to do for you to get you in a good headspace. The other aspect is making sure that we, however many we we are, are in a good spot together. And what I mean by this is doing things that are not necessarily the work yet, right? Like if we've been arguing nonstop every day, I guarantee you that tomorrow trying to address the same thing we've been arguing about over and over again isn't going to go well. So change it up. Change the scenery. Hey, we're out here. We're changing up the scenery for you guys. Whatever it is, get out of your house, get out of the situation that you two keep experiencing the negativity over and over again. So if you recognize that you're always arguing in your house, get out of your house, call a truth, say, hey, we're not going to argue today. We're going to go for a walk. One thing that we realized pretty soon after we started working with with poly people on relationship coaching is, you know, our, our program that we have is really intensive. Um, I mean, it's it's you know, it's it's several weeks, but it's it's a lot of work for people. And one thing that we realized pretty early on was we had to tell people specifically, look, like it's important that you do the work, but you cannot spend all your time doing this because if you guys aren't spending quality time together, if every minute that you're around each other is spent trying to work through issues, even if you're trying to work through them productively, you aren't going to get anywhere, right? Like if you're not enjoying some time around your partner, you don't really have any incentive to work through anything. It's much more productive for most people to take a little bit of a break Make sure that you're spending some time, quality time together. Even if you have really urgent issues that need to be addressed, you still have to make sure that you're spending some enjoyable, intentional, quality time together because otherwise you're just not going to give enough of a shit to get anywhere positive in the conversation, right? Like when being around your partner is just shit all the time because you have things you're working on, even if they're legitimate issues that really need to be dealt with, you're not going to be motivated to actually make any progress and you're not going to be in a position where you're caring and compassionate enough about your partner to be willing to give on things. So very important. Yeah. So if you have a pen and paper, write this down. Relationships require work. My relationship should not be a job. All right. (laughs) So the next one is, so stop enlisting your friends and family to help. Guys, it is great. It is great to have friends that you can turn to. It is great to have family members you can be around when you're going through rough times, but it can get problematic. So we haven't been getting along for a while and I go to my partner, I go to my sister, I go to my cousin, whatever, and I start telling them what's going on. And partly I'm asking for advice, but also what I'm really doing is I'm looking for someone to back me up, right? I'm looking for somebody to take my side, right? Like you, it's in, And the problem with this, guys, is that Our family members, our loved ones, those who are close to us tend to be biased. And this leads to, again, kind of going back to that first thing of our stories that we're telling us ourselves and like making a demon out of our partner. 
this happens even more because now we have someone who's giving us feedback like, oh, yeah, they don't listen to you. Oh, yeah, they're 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 going to argue with you. Right. And I mean, there's there's a whole series of problems with that, guys. So we have we have a whole podcast episode and there's also a live version of it on the problem with friendly advice. And I'm not going to go too deeply into it here, but suffice it to say that, A, this person's only getting half of the story. B, they're already biased toward you. And C, and, and perhaps most importantly, they don't really have the skills to help you in 99% of cases. So we'll post a link to that, guys, in the, the notes for this. And I think we're probably going to do it as a podcast as well. But that's something that you guys definitely want to avoid. You know, just just a, a quick kind of story for this, right? We, we actually had some people we were talking to who really wanted a relationship help. They really wanted to move ahead. They ran into a rough time. They both went to their prospective families and their families talked them out of the relationship. Like basically each side of the family was like, oh yeah, you should definitely break up. Your partner is a douchebag. Not a, and I don't want to say douchebag. I mean, I, the families were not actually even really what? mean. It was, it was a genuine concern. Yeah, basically the one partner who went to family members who were accepting a polyamory was like, your partner isn't polyamorous. It's never going to work. Either they're going to snap into being polyamorous or it's over, right? And the other partner went to their family and they were like, well, your partner's polyamorous that's and you're bad. not, that's bad and it's not going to work. So you should just break up. And these were people who had issues that we have worked a lot of people through, but they wound up breaking up because they took advice from well-meaning people who didn't have the correct advice to give. So yeah, stop enlisting your friends and families <laughs> in your arguments. And plus it drags, you know, particularly if it's, if it's friends or things like that or partners that you have in common, you know, we're talking about a partner here who isn't involved in this conversation, right? Like not, it's a group conversation, but the conversation is between me and Cassie and I'm going to another partner about it. You put them in the position of being pulled in and taking a side, which is also can be very unhealthy for them as well, right? Because it puts them in the middle of something that was not their issue. So I think we'll leave that at that, guys. We'll link to it in the, in the, the show notes because you should definitely listen to that episode. But that, because that is a very long, uh, go on about that yeah, for a, long a while. Time. And we have. <laughs> Alrighty. So the next one is know your battles. Okay. Here's the thing. There is a difference between a disagreement and an argument, right? A disagreement looks like this. I like the color blue. You like the color green. He wants green curtains. I want blue curtains. We're disagreeing about which would look better. But we're able to have a conversation sorted out and who knows, we might get like an aqua color, right? That's a disagreement. An argument is something that you can't actually see a solution for. It's something that is persistent and going on. So if you find that you, you guys, yes. You don't think an argument can be like a, just we're sitting down and we're arguing about something that we could see a solution for if we just sat down in a better space? So I feel like an argument's more like about who's going to win. Yes, that's where I was going. So, and, and the problem is, is that with arguments, it is not us approaching it as a team. It's us coming at, we have something that we're not agreeing on. And rather than trying to find a solution, we're battling. We're grandstanding, if you will. It's on about our, who's right. Yeah. So if you find yourself in a situation where really it's not about the dishes, it's really not about these things, if there's constantly these circular arguments but you're arguing about the dishes and you're arguing about the curtains and you're arguing about the stupid stuff. Especially if it's stupid stuff. When it's really stupid stuff, like it really doesn't matter. Like at the end of the day, guys, the way you put the roll of toilet paper 
on the roll is not going to make or break you. Even if it gets on my, (laughs) even if it gets on my nerves, right? It's not, it's not the end of the world. Like nobody's life is going to end. So if it's these little small things and you have the big things going on, stop arguing over the small things. Figure out what you're actually arguing about. Is it really the toilet paper roll? Is it really the curtains? Is it really the dishes? What is it that is making me angry? What is it that is causing these problems? And those are the things that really need to be addressed versus spending your time and energy arguing over the little things. Because although you may win that battle, right? I may win how the toilet paper roll goes. Yeah, where the the hamper, which was true story, true story. Even though I might win that, I might win where the hamper goes or how the dishes are washed. What I'm doing is I'm destroying that connection in my relationship because I'm arguing to win that versus actually trying to find solutions for the real problems that are there. So I encourage you, stop trying to win those battles and start focusing on the things that are really the problem. So if you're getting upset over the little things, why is that? Is it that you're jealous? Is it that you are having guilt over your relationship? Is it that you're resentful for all of the other problems? I was going to say, yeah, like a lot of times it boils down to, I think a lot of times what this boils down to is either you're in this state because you have other things that do matter that you've never learned to resolve healthily and correctly. And you're arguing about those things. So you're in constantly the state of this is a battle. It's a battle between me and this other person. You know, it's me and them. It's about who's right and who's wrong and who's guilty in the situation. And you carry that over. So I think that's one way where you see this pop up a lot. I think the other way, it comes down to when, if needs aren't getting met, right? In parts of our relationships and we start getting resentful because we have needs that aren't getting met or we have you know things that are unresolved and we're not feeling cared for, we tend to carry that resentment over into a kind that kind of battle mentality in other conversations, even conversations where it's completely unrelated for things that, as you were saying, just don't even matter at all, guys. Because I'm sure if you think about 95% of the things that you argue about, they're things that at the end of the day really don't matter. And then there's those 5% that are big things that actually need to be resolved. So the last one, which is, you have the notes, man. Knowing gotta... when enough is enough. Yes. So... What I mean by this is that when you have been in a situation where the arguments keep happening, you've tried all these steps, okay? We gave you four other steps and you've done all these things. And regardless of that, you guys can't come to agreements. You can't come to compromises. You can't come to a place where you're not angry every day and upset every day. And this just keeps happening over and over again. And maybe you've done other things aside for these steps. Maybe you've read blogs, you've listened to podcasts, you've, what are some other things people do? Googled how to make my relationship better. All of these things. And at the end of the day, you're still not getting anywhere, right? And you're in that place of, you know, no matter what I'm doing, we're still ending right back up where we started. Obviously, you know, this might be time to find some other way to work on that. So we have, we have something else that I'll, another podcast slash live that I'll link to in the description and again in the show notes. But one of the questions that we get a lot has to do with when is the time to ask for help, right? When is this something that we can work through? How do we know when it's something that we can work through and when it's time to ask for help? Because it's 
really tricky a lot of times to know the difference between the two. Cassie and I, you know, we, we, we co-author a lot of the emails for, for Such a Flavor. And, you know, one of the ones that we wrote recently as part of our big, if you weren't paying attention, our big <laughs> revamp and effort to actually, you know, like give you guys emails that are helpful in teaching you stuff actually went really far into the question of when do I ask for help and when do I work on this on my own? And it's an interesting question. So, you know, kind of the answer that we gave is, first off, there are some clear warning signs that mean that you should seek help immediately. Like, you know, you're sitting on a time bomb that at any point might go off and you might wind up broken up and sitting there like, well, what the fuck just happened? Um, you feel that one foot is already out the yeah, door. Yeah, and and we go, we have we have a, another podcast live that we did, you know, because we joint do some of these as lives and podcasts where we really went into when is it time to get help? And I'm going to link to that here because we, we cover a, a bunch of warning signs in that that you really should be aware of because those are signs that like there's no wiggle room. Like if any of those things you click, like you're you're about to break up at any point. So I, I first suggest that you listen to that and you, you kind of run those points past yourself. But, you know, if you don't meet any of those criteria, then, then the question is, okay, so just, you know, I'm just, we're just uh, having these issues. When is it time to ask for help and when not? And generally, there's, there's a couple criteria, and I'm, I'm trying to do this off the top of my head. So I don't know if I'm going to hit everyone that we covered in this email. But if you, A, this is a problem that has... Not something that you guys have been working on forever. Like, this isn't like we've been around this same thing 20 times, right? It's brand new. It's brand new. It's not something where I'm feeling resentful over this because that resentment is a serious sign that things are going wrong. And it's not some, and it's something where you, you know that generally, like, we're able to approach things and make agreements on. Like, it's not like every single thing we approach blows up in our face and we're never able to make agreements and we're always going around in circles. But usually we can, you know, look at something and come to some kind of, of reasonable agreement on. Then it's, it's something to try, right? Like, okay, we can usually come to agreements and this isn't something that we've approached 20 times before and not been able to resolve. Then, yeah, you know, that, that's definitely like we don't tell everybody that they need outside help because some people don't with where yeah. they're at, right? So if you, if you meet those criteria, and like I said, I'll, I'll post the thing in the notes, then, yeah, I mean, cool. You should, you should give it a shot and evaluate if it's something that you guys can work through yourself. But if it's not, and you're finding that you are those things, and you are feeling resentful, and you're counting down the clock, and one foot's out the door, then... then or you guys can't ever come to good agreements, yeah. or you have been over this 20 times already, and it's blown up in your face, and it's something that's important to get resolved, and you're saying, and, but I'd say or, like, or any or, of those yeah, things. Or, or is the proper word. And the last or is if maybe you have made agreements around this, but every time you make that agreement, mm. it gets broken, it has to be reevaluated, people are unhappy, and you're never actually able to stick to anything for even a short while without it being a problem. Like, that's the time to reach out and, and get somebody or some support to get through that. Because you don't want to end up having that be the rest of your relationship or be the end of your relationship. So if you would like to reach out, if you are in that situation, you do feel like you need somebody to talk to, you can set up a call with us. You can go to a touchaflavor.com forward slash call. I'll put the link in the appropriate places. 
you know, but we do have a free 45 minute call to kind of talk through what's going what's going on in your relationship. If you need help, if you're going through something where you feel like you need some more support and how to get it. And we cover, cover a number of things during that call. Yep. So. All right. Anything else? No. So hopefully yeah. you guys were trying different <laughs> things with the lives and the, you know, we've done like a podcast on the road. I don't know if you guys heard our Q and a, we did going up to tethered together in Providence, but we're trying a few different things. We're having fun. We we're hope that fun. it's working for you guys. Yeah. So. We'll go back and listen to this later and see how the audio sounds, but. Hopefully this is working well for you guys. If so, maybe we'll do a couple more impromptu things like this. Yeah. And the last thing I'll leave you with is if you guys do need help, book the call, but not for tonight. Go out, enjoy time with your partner, have fun with your partner, apply the things that we gave you today. All right. You guys have a great day and we'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks for listening to the Touch of Flavor podcast, where we're building relationships outside of the box. Got a question about kink, power exchange, or open relationships that you've been holding on to for years? This is the place to ask it. Submit your question at atouchofflavor.com ask, or leave us a voicemail at 833-ASK-TOF1.